Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and once again, welcome back to Fleet Flicker. I am your host, John Murray, and it has been several days, but of course, as the world of football has been kind of, kind of been quiet a little bit. Nothing really, there's not really been big buzz going along. You hear the speculations and rumors about the Dalvin Cooks and, of course, the DeAndre Hopkins type of, you know, type of things, but it's been kind of quiet. Um, as again, as you all know, the NFL, their teams have taken their time off. Now they are, um, it won't be much longer. They'll be getting into going to camp and, and uh, you know, running their plays and doing what, what they need to do to prepare for preseason, of course, from preseason to the regular season. So, again, that will be coming up here very soon. Matter of fact, I believe it starts a lot of camp start week after next, which is a good thing. Actually, I will take my first vacation of the year that, that week. So, call it, you can call it what it is, call it what it is, if you will. But, again, it just, it's, it's good timing, I guess you could say, on, on my on my part. Um, again, I'll apologize to those. I mean, I, know I think the last time we did one was the June the 30th. Um, and here we are, like, with July the 8th, July the 9th now. So, again, I do apologize for the for that. I mean, the world, like I said, because the world of football is kind of kind of faded out a little bit. You don't, you're not hearing a lot of news. Um, for me, of course, I've always said work has been always been the biggest thing with me. I'm always working one thirty to 10. And there's times where I have to do a podcast at 12.02 in the morning just to ke- catch you up on a couple things. Um, we will touch up on a few things, a few things this episode. Um, one of the things we'll talk about is we'll talk about the a team that we haven't given a lot, a lot of love to in the AFC West, and that's the Los Angeles Chargers. We'll talk about their new offensive coordinator and what he has in mind for the Chargers in 2023 as they try to once and for all, at least be a team that maybe can overtake the Kansas City Chiefs and win that and win that that division. We'll talk about my Cincinnati Bengals and uh, an article that came out recently about the Vegas odds, and we'll talk about the Vegas odds. And I'll give you I'll give you my take on what I really believe those Vegas odds really really are. Um, I think another thing we will talk about we'll talk about the Chicago Bears. Uh, we've talked about the Detroit Lions a little bit, the Minnesota Vikings, Green Bay Packers. We've kind of ignored the Chicago Bears. We'll talk about them and a little bit of good news coming out of, out of OTAs for uh, for them. And we'll talk about talk about about that, how important that, that really is. And we'll go back to my Cincinnati Bengals. We'll talk about a former Cincinnati Bengal and a statement that he made here recently of what he thought about the organization in general. And I and I gotta touch up on it and I'll touch up on that and um and I'll give you my take on it, and we'll see if he is right or if he's wrong. But we will, I'll give you my two cents on that. And uh, it's a very interesting thought process and what he and what he said. Uh, for those who join for the very first time, I want to say thank you for doing so. And as always, stay to invite your family, your friends, your loved ones, your neighbors, your fellow coworkers. Please invite them on in. I've always stated before, and I'll continue to say it again. We're all we're all family and friends here. We talk nothing but football. It's just one man's opinion on the world of football, and as far as you know, as far as coaches, uh, players, the team itself. Again, that's what we're going to talk about. Talking about football, and for those of you from day one, I want to say thank you for doing so. And please invite your family, your friends, your loved ones, your neighbors, your fellow coworkers, whoever you do invite. Please invite them. Invite them on in. I certainly, I certainly, uh, you know. Again, I do apologize for not having the chance to actually get out, you know, 
in many podcasts I like to. Now, hopefully within the next, certainly the week after the next one, we'll get a chance to, um, we'll get a chance to catch up on a lot of stuff because uh, by the times, you know, you know, camp will be open up and uh, there'll be some, I'm sure there'll be some buzz from buzz from several teams. Uh, of course, if you watch the NFL, if you have the NFL network, they'll be at all 32, you know, 32 yeah, camps and they'll, Give you bits and pieces of every camps, and if I get a chance, I'll do the best I can to look at look at this, and I will certainly do that. And I will do, and I'll give you my takes on what's going on in the camp. That is something I want to look that I want to do, and I will do for you. And um, again, you know how camp is, and of course, one thing you hope you certainly hope not for any for any any of these teams whatsoever is injuries. No injuries are going to happen in camp. That's kind of a that's like a common thing, right? I mean. I mean, it seems like every single year you have a big injury. Uh, the Buccaneers, they were hit with injuries last year, big time, especially with their starting center, Ryan Jensen, last year. Um, but again, you would hope not. But again, it happens, right? It, it happens. But again, hopefully by next week, at least not this week, but the following week, I should say, there'll be a lot more episodes coming coming out. And if I sit here before long, it, it, it will creep up on me. The 300th episode will will creep up on me here very soon we're at about the 250 some point mark but we're getting there and it'll be very interesting to get to that three 300th episode and i'm certainly looking looking forward to that um if you have any questions for me whatsoever please reach me on reach me on facebook or spotify two places that i'm on that you can reach out to me and you know you know and i can certainly answer any any football related question we answer to or again i've always said this I want to hear from you. What do you think this year is going to look like for your team, for any player? What do you th- what do you think is going to happen in 2023? Give me your opinion, and I will give you my take. And I said I'll take out, I will put you know aside any time or any episode whatsoever to answer your questions. Or I'll do an entire episode of answering nothing but your questions because you're very important to me. Um, if you do not listen to me here on Anchor, Spotify, Our Radio, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, just a few platforms that have allowed me to, you know, allow me to do this podcast, and I greatly appreciate appreciate that. Before we go any further, before we start talking football, I want to reach out and I want to thank a few uh, more Facebook followers that are starting to follow me. Um, you know, small business, more small businesses, um, you know, entertainers, you know, musicians bands, you know, um, you know, uh, bloggers, uh, fellow podcasters have actually reached out to me. And for that, I, I greatly, I greatly appreciate you for, for following me and I followed you back. And I hope that wherever you are, wherever you are, um, please, by all means, reach out to your, you know, reach out to your, you know, whether it's your fans, bandmates, you know, um, fellow business, you know, <laughs> fellow business cohorts. Um, your customers, by all means, please tell them about tell them about the, tell them about Flea Flicker. Again, it's been two years since I'm doing this, and again, I, I do make my mistakes, but again, I love talking. I love talking football. That's what's important to me. Um, hopefully, in future episodes, we'll talk about fantasy football at, uh, at some point. Not right now, but we'll talk about fantasy football. And I gotta be honest with you: if you've got a question about fantasy football, Please, by all means, shoot me in. Shoot me something on Facebook or Spotify, and I will certainly answer. And I will certainly do my very best to answer 
your question. Uh, I know, uh, what do you think? Who, what is going to be the top quarterback, top running back this year, or who I think is the sleeper pick, or, you know, something like that. Please, by all means, reach out and, you know, I'll give you, I'll give you my take, my take on that as well. Um, I think that's enough. I think I've, I've bored you enough. We're here to talk about football, right? And we'll jump, we'll jump right into it, and we'll talk about the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, here lately we've talked about the Raiders and Jimmy Garoppolo and Devontae Adams, the name has popped up. We've talked about the Denver Broncos and Russell Wilson and Sean Payton. And for the Chiefs, we talk about, we've talked about, you know, the job they have done the last seven years. But we haven't talked about the one team that seems to, seems to be on the very verge of getting, of, of uh, catching the, the Chargers, of getting, catching the Chiefs and that are the L.A. Chargers. Now, now, the Chargers for the last few years have always have always had been one of the most talented teams in the NFL. Again, they did right by drafting Justin Herbert a few years ago. And of course, Justin Herbert, since he's walked into this league, has had the most passing yards of any quarterback in the history of this game the first three years of his career. That is saying a lot, you know, for the young man. And of course, he, like Joe Burrow, and uh, certainly two down the road, are going to be paid money. And that'll be interesting to see with the Chargers, what they were willing to offer Justin Herbert down the road. But again, there's a talented ball club. you got Austin Eckler as, as your top running back. He's been a very good running back in his league for the last, for the last few years. you got Keenan Allen, who's one of, the more, one of the best receivers in this game. Injuries have kind of caught to him the last couple of years. But when he's, when he's healthy, he's still a very top receiver. Mike Williams, when he's healthy, is a pretty solid receiver. And of course, we all know the way I'm drafting Quinton Johnson in the draft this year. You still got, you know, you got Guyton on the team. You got Joshua Palmer. Uh, Joel Everett, who was their tight end, who had a career year last year for him. A lot of people don't talk a lot about Joel Everett, but uh, if you're a fantasy football guy and you, um, and I'm sure you know a lot about him, off of that, he played, I'm sure he played some solid games for you last year if you had any fantasy football league. A lot of people talk about the Travis Kelsey's or George Kittles or the, or the Mark Andrews or TJ Hawkinson's of the world. But here was a guy that played very solid football. Yeah, for fantasy football, you know, owners at the tight end position last last year. And again, it's a talented ball club. Uh, the offensive line has gotten better as time has gone on. They've had some injuries last year. Charles Slayton, their left tackle drafted a couple of years ago, he missed a lot of time last year. And again, he should be back this year to protect Justin Herbert's backside. And defense, I mean, you go from the what Joey Bosa's to Cleo Max, uh, Derwin James, Asante Samuel Jr. They signed J.C. Jackson last year. His last year was a complete bust. And a lot of people thought he was a part of the Bill Parcells system that allowed him to be a top-notch cornerback in this, in this league. But again, there's other players on that, team, on that defense as well. But... The one thing they had this offseason was a new offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore. And we all know Kellen Moore comes from the Dallas Cowboys. He was offensive coordinator for, for several years for the Cowboys, and he was part of the responsibility of getting Dak Prescott and you know, putting Dak Prescott on the map. And again, he ran a pretty pretty good offense for the uh, you know for the uh, Cowboys. Now, maybe the last year or two there have been ups and ups and downs, but it's been a pretty Decent offense. At one point in time, a few years ago, the Dallas Cowboys had 
statistically the best offense in all of football a few years ago. A lot of people don't really realize that and forget that, but they did. Now, Kellen Moore takes his takes his act to the yeah to the to the LA Chargers. Now, there was a statistic I read. I believe it was last week, last week, and I believe the NFL NFL dot com and put it out there that that if you if all the of all the Justin Herbert's done for the Chargers last year, statistically, he didn't throw the deep ball. His deep, I think, his deep ball statistics were very, very low. And you would not, and you would not think Justin Herbert, who has a strong arm, who has strong as an arm as Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen in this league. And I've seen Justin crank, Justin crank a ball. Now, and again, a lot of people felt that the offense. Because because of that, the offense kind of went a little bit stale last year. Now there were some adjusted numbers. Numbers. I think his passing his passing yards were down a little bit. His touchdowns they were down a little bit last year. And a lot of people felt that they didn't go for the gusto. They didn't, you know, or as as I used to play a football game and um and uh, my cousin used to have this old saying, "Crank to the flank," which means going long ball to your flanker or any receiver. Yeah, well, again, Justin Herbert didn't do a lot of that last year. It was more of, I'm not saying it was more of Deacon Duncan, but it was more of the medium and short passing game. You didn't see a lot of the long ball. Now, some of that can be made to the point where Keenan Allen missed a lot of time, missed some time last year. Mike Williams missed some time last year. And again, injuries. What team, what team in the NFL doesn't deal with injuries at some point in time? But again, that could be a very that could be a possibility. Now, again, Mike Williams can catch a deep ball. Now, Keenan, I think, is more of a Keenan. Keenan can still do a deep ball, but I think Keenan's game is more of the immediate short passing type of thing. Yeah, and Keenan Allen's always been Justin Herbert's security blanket. He's his number one security blanket. Now. They drafted Quentin Johnson. Now, Quentin Johnson, I believe, is what, like 6'3", 6'4", and that's the charter thing, like to draft big receivers. Now, for me, on a personal level, I would love to see him, go out, love to see him draft Dal Dal you know, Dalton Kincaid instead of Quentin Johnson because they could use a serious tight end. To me, they haven't had that, I would say, that top-notch tight end since Hunter Henry, you know, left, left them. And again, I think Kincaid would have been a perfect fit for Justin Herbert, but instead they went in and got they went out and got Quentin Johnson. Now you can look at it a couple of ways. Now Keenan Allen is thirty, legally thirty two years old this year. You can make this, yeah. You can say that you know Keenan's time could be maybe coming to an end. Maybe this could be Keenan's last year with the Chargers, and he could be a free agent. Um, Mike Williams, he signed a contract. I think a contract extension last off season. But again, Mike's history of injuries, you never know that the Chargers, for some unexplained reason, maybe they get out of playoff contention this year. you got guys like Ken Allen or Mike Williams that you can, you can trade, knock some money off the books. And I'm sure Austin Eckler, that could be a possibility as well too. But for the Chargers, you can make an argument that maybe their window of opportunity is, is closing. Now, Again, Justin is going to his fourth year this year. Justin's got many, many more years in this league, okay? But you got to look at Austin Eckler. Eckler, he's, he's been in a little bit of talk of the offseason about him possibly being traded. He's not happy with his contract. His contract. 
You want to get paid more money. I think the the Chargers are going to pay him a little bit more money, incentive wise. And Eckler could be gone by next season. Now, Keenan Allen, we say he's thirty two years old. Keenan, I believe, like his tenth year, so tenth, eleventh year, eleventh year in this league. And Keenan has been a a consistent player for the Chargers for many, many years now. But again, it could be a possibility if, for some unexplained reason, Chargers do not make you know, yeah, or out of playoff contention. A guy like Keenan Allen could be a valuable asset to somebody if it's somebody. Mike Williams, same situation. Randy Mike signed a contract extension, but you know how you know how contracts are in this league. Yeah, yeah, contracts are meant to be kind of broken in a way. You might as well say, yeah. I mean, Mike would be Mike is like what 27, 28 years old. He still got some time left in him, and some organization would probably jump on him. Um, again, that would lose guys like you know the Joshua Palms in the world to guidance to you know to Quentin Johnson as a future reference for the Chargers. Now, Gerald Everett, you don't know how long Everett's going to be with the Chargers. He could be, you know, maybe somebody would want Gerald Everett as a tight end. You never know. And Eckler. Eckler would certainly, yeah, certainly somebody would want a guy like Austin Eckler for the stretch run if the Chargers are not in playoff contention. Now, one name, what about Joey Bosa? Who's to say that somebody would not want a healthy Joey Bosa rushing the passer? Khalil Mack. He could be a guy that could be on the on the on the block. J.C. Jackson, yeah, I know they gave J.C. Jackson, a, you know, a, a fat contract off the off season and it'd be in a bus. But what if J.C. plays, let's say, fairly well this year? Do you go ahead and trade J.C. Jackson? Again, there's a lot of scenarios to get played out for the Chargers, and again, Chargers the winner's opportunity is is closing because of Eckler's situation, Keenan Allen, maybe Mike Williams. I mean, there's guys that could be that could be that could be traded, and again, this is one of the situations where you don't want to waste Justin Herbert's best years. And to me, the Chargers are doing that. Now, granted, they made the playoffs last year. Give it that. But again, we all know what happened in the playoffs. They got they were blowing the they were blowing out the Jacksonville Jaguars, and then all of a sudden, the second half, it just they got blew out and then lost again, lost the game. Now. Some can say they got a little too conservative and that cost them game. Some said the defense played horribly in the second half. I guess it could be a little bit of both. It's a combination of both. But again, that to me all falls on one Brandon Staley. And I'm surprised that Brandon Staley didn't get the boot because of the collapse. And a guy like Sean Payton could have rolled into LA, could have rolled into LA and would have done wonders for Justin Herbert. Instead of going to try to coach Russell Wilson back up to par, he could have gone in and gotten and could have coached a Justin Herbert. He could have had his own Alvin Kamara and Austin Eckler. Keenan Allen, well, he could have been his Michael Thomas, and, and I guess I guess kind of in a way. Mike Williams, now I'm not saying Mike Williams and Chris Olivier are, this, are the two of the same players, but it, it could be some similarities. Now, again, We'll see. We'll see how this. We'll see how this all pans out for the Chargers. But the statistic was very interesting that uh, that Justin didn't throw the ball as deep as he had. I guess as he had the previous couple of years. And again, injuries. You know, injuries happen in his leg. And again, I think that was the biggest. That was the biggest thing. Takeaway from the article was that he didn't throw the deep ball as much. Now, Keenan Allen, 
has come out and said that that will that will be a case that will happen. Now, you look at Dak. Now, Dak did throw the deep ball, did gamble on deep ball a little bit, a little bit more certainly this time. Certainly, you had CD. You had you had CD Lamb last year, and CD Lamb stepped up, became a number one receiver last year. Now, if Gallup is healthy, Gallup can do a deep ball if he if he's completely one hundred percent healthy this year. Now they've got Brandon Cooks, which is a great acquisition by the by the Cowboys, and he will be a solid number two for them. So again, yeah, again, it gets to be very very interesting to see how this, how this all how this all will turn out will turn out. But for the Chargers, it is kind of a very interesting thing there. To the point is they didn't throw the deep ball as much. Now again, I'm sure all that's going to change this year. The key now will be will be more aggressive. And I'm sure the Chargers offense will be more aggressive. And again, they will be more aggressive because deep down inside, in the back of their minds, they've got to realize that, let's be honest, again, the winter opportunity is kind of closing for the Chargers. Not for Justin Herbert, but for the team in general. You got a lot of guys that are not going to be there, may not be there next year. Eckler, he may probably be gone next year. Keenan Allen, he may be gone. Who knows? Maybe Mike Williams is gone by next year. Maybe Bosa's, maybe Cleo McElroy. They could probably be gone next year. And again, the Chargers could be in that rebuilding mode. And again, a lot of people don't want to hear the word rebuilding mode. But again, the Chargers could be in that possibility. Now, the Chiefs, the Chiefs I don't think are going anywhere anytime soon. Now, the Broncos, with Sean Payton guiding them, you would figure that the Broncos could be a quality team the next couple of years. The Raiders, well... The Raiders it remains to be seen what they can do, but the Chargers. This is the Chargers' time to strike. The talent is there. They need to strike because, again, like we said, these players are going to be gone. They could be gone if they're, yeah, if they're not. You could have no running back. You could lose maybe your top two receivers if if somebody wants them in the trade and you want to trade them out. Again, you could lose a couple quality good quality defensive pieces you know, pieces to your team. That possibility. Now we know Justin Herbert's not going nowhere. That's kind of a given. And then, for all we know, Brandon Staley could be up out of town, and they'd be looking for another head football football coach. But again, I guess it was that old saying: you got to strike it, strike it, you got to strike it right now. You have to because for the Chargers, yes, they'll see they're going to see the Chiefs twice this year. Yes, they'll see the Broncos. Yes, I'll see the you know, the uh, Raiders. Now you figuring it's a tough division. Let's say for the sake of argument, you can split with all three, which that's a very strong possibility. And again, I love watching the Chiefs play in the Chargers. I love to see Mahomes versus Justin Herbert. I love that. Again, those are, those are some solid matchups. And again, Justin Herbert is one of the better quarterbacks, certainly in all football, certainly in the AFC. To me, yes, Mahomes is probably is probably number one. If you want to make an argument where maybe Joe Burrow is number two or Josh Allen's number two, you know, go be it. Make your argument. But to me, Justin Herbert could be maybe the fourth best quarterback in the AFC right now. And to me, that's probably a fair assessment. Some people might think maybe Lamar Jackson because of what he's been because of all the weapons he's got this year. Some maybe some might put two in the in that category. Because he's got Tyreek Hill, he's got Jalen Waddle. If you, you can put him in that, in that, but again, to me, Justin Herbert's one of the better quarterbacks in this league. 
And again, Justin's going to get paid. And again, that's not all things for the Chargers. The biggest thing is if you pay any quarterback whatsoever, and the Chargers pay Justin Herbert a lot of money, well, that then your chances of getting keeping all second round goes down. That means a guy like Keenan Allen, maybe a guy like Mike Williams, or some guys on the defense. Yeah, you pay again, you pay a guy, you pay one player all this money, then again, you end up losing five, six, seven more players because you're paying a lot of guys that much money. And that's something the Chargers have taken into consideration. Now, unless Justin Herbert wants to win championships and he does the Tom Brady, the Tom Brady type of thing where he maybe use the home team discount, as they say. Now, we've heard we've heard rumors that Joe Burrow wants to be like that because he wants to keep because he wants to keep Jamar Chase. He wants to keep a guy like T. Higgins around. And that's great. And maybe Justin Herbert's a guy that wants to keep keep Austin Eckler around another you know, another couple of years. But again, running backs in this league are kinda of like a dime in a dozen, right? We've heard so many articles the last two, three weeks about running backs, whether it's Jonathan Taylor, whether Derrick Henry could get traded, uh, Dalvin Cook, he got cut because of because of his contract. Um, you, you hear so many rumors, and again, and again, running backs have become a thing of the past because everybody's now talking about we got to throw the football more. And with this Chargers, that's not a problem. You've got the quarterback to do it with, to do it with Justin Herbert. That's not an issue. But they want to be more aggressive this year. Certainly, I got a problem with that because you've got the quarterback that you can do it with, Justin Herbert. And Herbert has a strong arm. And Justin is a pretty mobile type of guy. A lot of people don't think Justin is that mobile, but he's a pretty, I mean, he's a good sized guy, but he is mobile. And I've seen it. So, no, I don't have a problem. You've got, I mean, Keenan. Yeah, Keenan can catch a deep ball. So can Mike Williams. So can Quentin Johnson. Guyton can go can go deep. Joshua Palmer's a good weapon. Yeah, again, he's got the he's got the tools. He's got the guys around him to do that. So again, I'm all on board with Keenan Allen's theory. He wants to throw the football more. Absolutely, go for it. You've got the offense. You got the quarterback. Do it. Go do it. Be more aggressive. Again, I guess there's a thing about being too aggressive. But again, Keenan Allen knows we're in a league where we got to throw the football. And again, and I say anyway, ignore the running game because you have a pretty decent running back in Austin Eckler, you know. But again, Austin's another guy that's a very good pass catcher out of the backfield. So again, I'm sure Eckler will be more involved. And again, who knows, maybe a guy like Joshua, Joshua Kelly will still be the number two running back. Maybe Speller can stay healthy and play, you know, maybe he'll be more involved in the offense this year. Again, again, again. It'll be very interesting to see to see what happens. I mean, can Joe Everett continue his quality play last year from the tight end spot? Can Keelan Allen, can Mike Williams stay healthy for a full season? That's a huge question mark right there. And Joshua Palmer has done a pretty decent job being the new number three receiver with this team. But you got Guyton. I'm interested to see what Johnson will do. And I'm sure we'll see we'll see him, I'm sure, in OTAs. I'm sure that he'll play a lot of preseason football because you want to see what you can get out of it. Now, of course, Justin's not going to see the time of day. He may, luckily, he may get maybe, you know, maybe he gets in a couple of, maybe he gets in a couple of plays, maybe he gets in a couple of, you know, like a couple of drives in the last preseason game or something along those lines. 
He could very, he could very well do so. But again, for the Chargers, yeah, I got no issue with that. Go deep. You got the quarterback. Go do it. And again, you have a decent defense. Again, this is the year that you must, must do it. This year that you've got to step up. You got to step your game up. You've got to find a way to get past the Chiefs. You got to find a way. You got to do it. This is your do it. You need to do it. You need to do it now. And if you get to the playoffs, you need to win. You need to win a playoff game or two playoff games. You need to do this because if you can't get to the playoffs, you don't win the AFC. If you don't win the AFC West, then again, a lot of people could be gone off that charter team come 2024. Mark my words. Now, like I said, Herbert Justin Herbert's not going anywhere, but a lot of other guys are going. Yeah. Are going to be going somewhere, and then again, you're going to again you're going to waste Justin's best years. And there have been quarterbacks, many quarterbacks that have wasted have wasted the best year. People have always said that the Packers wasted Aaron Rodgers' best years. Well, again, this is going to be the case of Justin Herbert. You're going to waste his best years. And Justin's in a tough division, absolutely. But again, if you're the Chargers and you want this this guy as your future for the next several years. You need, you, you need to surround him. You need to keep your quarterback happy. You want to pay him. I get it. understand that. But you want to. Yeah. But you also want to pay him what you feel is top dollar for him. But you need to build a team around this young man. And you need to find a way to shoot past the Chiefs and try to win a playoff game or two. I know the AFC is a tough, big, tough conference. Absolutely. Heck. Everybody in the daggone conference, or like close to by that conference, is playoff continuing material. But for the Chargers, go go deep. Yeah, be, gain a little bit more. I got no problem with that. And again, like Kellen Moore, he's had success with the Cowboys. I guess I think I think him and McCarthy kind of butted heads toward the last couple of years. But again, I think Brandon Staley will allow Kellen Moore to give him the free will to do what he needs to do to get the charges up off the top. And maybe throwing the football, going deep, maybe that could take the charges offense, which is not bad to begin with already. Maybe that maybe going deep a little bit more could take them over the top. Could it could it win it? Could it help them win the division? That that my friends would be a six four thousand dollar question that only the charges can answer in twenty twenty three. Now I'm not, I'm not a uh, I'm not a gambling man. I gotta be honest with you. I'm really not. But again, a couple weeks ago, the um, Caesar Caesar had put out their um, odds about who would win the Super who who would win this coming year's Super Bowl. Now, I don't know. But number one was the Kansas City Chiefs. The Caesar believes the Chiefs can can. Winning all the Super Bowl could go back to back. I believe the Philadelphia Eagles were number two, and they feel they could, those top two teams are the two teams that could go back to the Super Bowl again, again this year. So they're they're one and two. Um, number three was the San Francisco 49ers. Now, again, the quarterback play for the 49ers is 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 to be questionable, with the, but the talent is certainly there for the San Francisco 49ers. And if Brock Purdy proves to be anything he was, for the final eight games of of last season, then they're on to something. Now, the team in the fourth best odds were the Buffalo Bills. Now, 
Buffalo's had a talented has had a talented football team for the last few years, but always seems to come up short and always you know, always seems to come up short. They think that they still have the fourth best odds. Now the fifth best odds were the Cincinnati Bengals. Now I get it, you know, I, and I and I understand and I understand why Vegas has them as as the fifth best team. Again, you think about it. You got Joe Burrow, an MVP like candidate. Um, Chase is still there. Higgins is still there. You know, you got Tyler Boyd. Their offensive line has improved a little bit. Actually, the offensive line has depth, which it hadn't had in the past. Defensively, it's still a pretty decent defense. A lot the offense gets a lot of credit, but the defense the last couple of years has been has played fairly well. You got a, a young kicker, Evan McPherson. He struggled a little bit last year, but his freshman his freshman year, rookie year, was stellar. Stellar bar none. Now, again, the Chiefs, you gotta remember now, excuse me, the Bengals. You gotta remember the Bengals two years ago was in the Super Bowl last year. Went to the AFC Championship game, lost to the Chiefs. So again, again, we talked about the Chargers previously, right? And we talked and we talked about and we talked about the window of opportunity for the Chargers were was was ever so was closing ever so ever so much, right? Well, let's be honest with you. The Bengals opportunity is closing just as much as the Chargers. Now, granted, again, we'll go back to the same situation. Burrow. Now, Burrow's will get paid. So Burrow's not going nowhere. That's kind of a foregone conclusion. Now, Joe Mixon. Now, Joe Mixon's been in trouble this offseason a couple times already. And there's been there's been rumors that they want to trade Joe Mixon. Now, Zach Taylor says Joe's not going nowhere. That's not happening. But you would never say never and don't discount Mixon getting traded. Now, for right now, I don't think he's going anywhere. But again, Mixon, if he Mixon is a thousand yard back. But the problem is he's inconsistent. Yeah, he's inconsistent. He's not Derrick Henry. Yeah, he's not Derrick Henry quality, or he's not Jonathan Taylor or Christian McCaffrey, you know, like that. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, he's not like that type of guy. He's a pretty good. He's a fairly decent running back, but he's not on that par. And Nixon's never been on that par. You got yes, you got Chase. Yes, you got Chase, and Chase wants to get paid. Higgins, Higgins is Higgins' contract is coming up. Can you can you pay him to keep him happy? Tyler Boyd is going to be a free agent next offseason. And somebody would probably pay Tyler a little bit. Maybe not a whole heap of a lot of money. But Tyler can get a fairly decent contract somewhere next year. Now, your offensive line, it's improved. You went out and you spent a lot of money for Orlando Brown to cover and to cover Burrow's backside. Now, defensively, the biggest thing is for defensively, you've lost your you lost two solid safeties. Von Bell, Jesse Bates. You lost your top. You lost your top two safeties. You've got a, got a couple of young guys that are come in that you feel that that can replace these guys. Now you lost Eli Apple in free agency. Now Eli, I don't believe has a team that he signed with yet. So again, your secondary is taking a huge hit. Now your defensive front is fine. You don't worry about that. But the back and the linebacking core, I'm not a big fan of linebacking core. Again, your secondary, I'm not a big fan of your secondary. So let me break it, let me break it down for you. And again, again, let's look at it this way. Now, your running game, I look at Mixon, 
I'm not sold on uh, I'm not sold on Wiggins. Now you did draft Chase Brown from University of Illinois. It could be a very interesting dynamic. A couple of years ago, I believe he was the wasn't he the Big Ten leading rusher a couple of years ago under Lovey Smith's guidance. Now, but yeah, they got Chris Evans. He's pretty much the third now back. So to be honest with you, there are some instances where I don't believe the Bengals are really the Vegas's fifth best off. They shouldn't be anyway. Now, I guess I could look around the league and say, well, well, who do you think is like the top five? You know, I mean, again, I don't, I don't know. I really can't come up with an idea. Um, do I think the Miami Dolphins have a, have a shot? Well, it all depends on Tua's health. Health. And can the running, can you get anything out of the running game? Now, I get I get the Dalvin Cook thing is still up in the air in Miami. The Miami faithful are hoping that Dalvin Cook comes to, comes to Miami. But again, that's hearsay. We don't know what's going to happen with that. Now again, you still got two quality receivers. The offensive line's not that bad. You've got yeah, and your defense has improved, has improved. So to me, I can I can make an argument where Miami has better odds than the Cincinnati Bengals. Okay, I'll make that possibility out there. Now the Baltimore Ravens. Now Lamar Jackson got paid. Yeah, the receiving core got better, but the Ravens defense is not what the Ravens defense once was. So no, I can't make them fifth. What about the Cleveland Browns? Well. Deshaun Watson never a full 17 games, but when you ever get Deshaun Watson, that was with the Houston Texans. If you get that Deshaun Watson, then we're talking. Now, granted, they made a, they got Elijah Moore from the Jets, which, according to reports, Elijah's looking well in camp. He's looked well in OTAs, I should say. Excuse me. Again, defensively, there's talent on defense, but it hasn't shown up yet. And again, that is Jim Schwartz's possibility. But again, I can't put Cleveland there. I don't put. I can't put Pittsburgh there. Now, Pittsburgh has made some improvements. Offensive line the last couple of years, they've made some improvements there. Yes, you got Najee. You still got Najee Harris. You add an Allen Robinson in the offseason to, you know, to bulk up the passing game that much more. And defensively, I mean, you still got a pretty decent defense in place. Again, they've made some adjustments in the secondary, which is something they need to do. I'm not really completely sold on Patrick Peterson because Patrick Peterson, to me, is not the same guy he was in his heyday with the Cardinals. He's not that guy anymore. He may be able to get the job done, but he's not that guy anymore. But no, I can't put Pittsburgh down. What about the Jacksonville Jaguars? Now, Jacksonville, yeah, certainly was the, yeah, certainly was the talk of the league, of the league last, one of the talks of the league last season. Other than maybe the maybe the Giants, maybe Detroit can you know, can get a little yeah you know, can get a little love in there too. But for Jacksonville, look at it this way: Trevor Lawrence. Once Doug, Doug Peterson came aboard, Trevor Lawrence became a pretty solid quarterback. Again, offensively, they went out and got Calvin Ridley. So again, they, they made some upgrades in the offense. Defensively, they've tried to tweak it a little bit. But again, I can't put Jacksonville as the fifth best odds. Again, I think they can win the AFC South. Absolutely. But I wouldn't give them the fifth best odds. The Chargers, all the talent in the world, but no. But again, as far as AFC goes, 
it's it's hard. You can go to the NFC. Maybe we'll make the Cowboys a possibility. Well, okay. Again, the running game, other than other you know, than Pollard, I'm not so sure about the offensive line. I'm interested to see if the offensive line can regain its form. The Cowboys. The Cowboys have one of the better defenses in all football. Again, their special teams might like a little, a little bit to be desired. But could I make them a 15? I don't know if I can make them that. I don't see anybody, you know, again, I don't. I mean, as far as you start looking around, do I see anybody else? Do I think the Seattle Seahawks have a possibility? Seattle's offense has maybe gotten a little bit better. Defensively, they're making some improvements in defense, but can they step? But will it will it turn around? Will it ever, ever be the Legion of Boom all, again, all over again? That type of defense. So again, you can make some arguments, but making some arguments that maybe Miami might be the only team I think I could put maybe as as a number five, based off what they've done this all season. But for the but 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 to put the Bengals as as the Vegas's fifth best possibility, I can't I, I can't do it because to me, the one thing that they did upgrade the offensive line a little bit, yes. But you kind of did, you know, but you, but you, you lost a, a solid back and running back in P. Ryan. Um, your linebacking core hasn't gotten better, and your, and your secondary, to me, has gotten worse. So to me, I can't put you as the fifth best option. I know Cincinnati Bengals fans don't like what I'm saying, and I'm a Bengal fan, but no, I cannot put the Bengals as the, um, as the fifth best option to win, to win the Super Bowl. I mean, the Chiefs, heck, I can make an argument that the Chiefs might not be the top, might be the not Vegas's, should be Vegas's number one seed. I can make that argument for you if 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 I need to. Philadelphia, Philadelphia lost, even lost a lot of people this offseason. But again, a lot of Vegas has them as, as the second best odds, and to be honest with you, even with 10 losses, they're probably, they're probably top, what, either one or second seed in the NFC going into this season. You can make an argument. Maybe the 49ers might be better than the Eagles if you want to make an argument or make that type of argument. But again, I take Jalen Hurts or Brock Purdy right now. I'll take McCaffrey yeah, over, over Swift and Penny. Now, I might give you the Philadelphia's receivers over San Francisco's. I'll give you that. I'll still give Kittle an edge over Dallas Goddard. Maybe not by much. Offensive line. I might give you those offensive line over an edge. Now, defensively, I might take the 49ers defense over the Eagles defense. But again, if you want to make an argument, you can go back and forth with that if you need to be. But again, some people might have a hard time putting the Bills as the fourth, as the fourth, as the fourth thing at Vegas odds. Yes, you got Josh Allen back, but your running game still, to me, is not, is not there. Yes, you got Damian Harris and Latavius Murray, but to be honest with you, if you had Dalvin Cook, maybe, Maybe we can really maybe we'll be talking something, but you don't have that consistent number two receiver. Yeah, defensively, and defensively, the defense is still pretty solid. Defense, it's still a pretty good defense. It's been a top five or six defense the last few years in this league, and that's Sean Dermott's Dermott's bread and butter defense. So again, with them, they don't have the number two receiver, and they don't have that number one running back they really need. To take the pressure off of one Josh Allen. Now, if, he, if, if they could fix that, heck, 
Maybe their odds go up a little bit more. But to be honest with you, right now, I can't put the Bengals number five because to me, I think the Bengals are not as good as they were last season. And to be honest with you, the Bengals team last season was better than the team that went to the Super Bowl. And again, statistics say that. And they won a couple more games too. So to be honest with you, no. I don't think the Bengals are a are the are the yeah, you know, should be Vegas's fifth team. Now do I believe they are the top ten possibility? It's possible maybe. But I don't put them in, I don't put them in the top five. And I know that Bengal fans are not going to hear me say that or think I've lost my ever loving mind when I say that. But to be honest with you, the Bengals are not should be if I was in Vegas, they wouldn't be in my top five. Let's talk about some some quality news coming from the um, Chicago Bears camp. Um, quarterback Justin Fields. A lot of people say that Justin Fields has been throwing the football better than OTAs this year, and it seems like that he has. Um, it seems like him and DJ Moore, who they traded to get. Of course, that was all within the the Bears and Panthers, and their you know trading you know flip flopping of the uh, first round first round draft draft pick, and the Bears landed D.J. Moore. Now, certainly there's no argument that the Bears needed the one receiver, and D.J. Moore fits that bill. D.J. Moore has been a 1,000-hour receiver three times in his career already, so D.J. is a pretty good pretty receiver, but reports are that it seems like Justin and D.J. Are playing, are, playing fairly, are playing fairly well in OTA, so much so that a lot of the teammates, the teammates have been hyping this new, this new Hook up up. Now, Justin Fields made made some strides from his rookie year, which he had a horrible rookie year. But again, the Bears were a horrible team in the first place. And the second year, he made some strides. Now, now he might have made strides in the running game because, he, like, I, like I said before, he almost set the record for the most running yards of a quarterback. But he did not. I think he, he got hurt towards the end of the season. And... The Bears shut him down. Now, his passing game took a step back. But again, he didn't have much to work with in that regard as well. Now, this year, things changed. You've got number one receiver in D.J. Moore. And it's certainly very important that D.J. and Justin get on the same page. Because D.J. Moore is going to make Justin Fields' game better. Now, Daryl Mooney is coming back from injury. He was the top receiver a couple years ago. And he was like one of the top receiver for the Bears. He was a pretty fairly good receiver. But again, injuries hurt him last year. And again, he will be the number two receiver. And to me, that is where Darrell Mooney probably should be as a number two receiver, not number one. That's DJ Moore's responsibility. Now Chase Claypool, who came over from the Eagles, I mean not from the Eagles, from the from the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, his game, yeah, again, again. He'll be there for a full 17 games, and hopefully that he will learn the system and he will get on the same page with Justin Fields. So we'll see how that works out, works out as, as well. Now, again, they drafted, there's a young man, Tyler Scott, coming from the University of Cincinnati, who they're hyping up already, and he's going to be a legitimate deep ball threat. Now, certainly Justin Fields, let's be honest with you. Like I said, the passing game wasn't, wasn't good last year. Whether you can blame Justin Fields or not, you can blame a couple things. I can blame the offensive line because the offensive line was horrible. 
um, injures the receiving core. Yeah. Again. So again, I can't really put the total blame on yeah on Justin Fields in this passing game. Now, at the at the, at the end of, at the end of this season, we'll see if if Justin passing game increases. And to be honest with you, I'm sure that the Bears want this one to throw the football more because they certainly don't want him to run the ball a lot more and take a a great risk of getting hurt. But then again. That's been Lamar Jackson's game for yeah for several years now, and Lamar has gotten by with that. But again, the thing about it is Justin has has the arm, has the capability. I mean, he's shown it at Ohio State, and he did show he showed some flashes of it in his rookie year as he was kind of thrown into the fire in his rookie year, and he bombed because of it. Last year, he got it better. Yes, now granted, he might have ran the football more when he threw the football. But again, I'll keep saying it. He does have an arm. And again, he had to deal with all season where was the rumors where he was going to be they were thinking about trading trading Justin Fields at one point in time. There are some experts that don't feel that Justin Fields is a guy that can guide the Chicago Bears for many, many years to come. But to me, I think Justin is fine where he's at. Now again, the Bears have made, again, they went out and got DJ Moore. Mooney is going to be healthy. Claypool will be in the system for a full 17 games. So again, so again, you got number one receiver. Your best receiver two years ago is back. Yeah. Yeah. From injuries. And you got Claypool who could be a pretty good, who could be a pretty good weapon for you. Now, Cole Komet had a career year last year. He caught seven touchdown passes last year. Again, I can see similar numbers from him again this year. Now, granted, they, they traded, they went up, they got Foreman, signed away from the uh, Carolina Panthers. Now, he is an in-between tackler, and I will, we'll see what his numbers, we'll see what he ends up doing this year. Now, Herbert, who, is, uh, who had flashes of playing when David, David Montgomery got hurt, Herbert showed flashes of being a pretty solid running back in this league. Well, now, he could have more opportunities this year. Now, they're hyping up his Rochon Johnson, they're hyping him up. So again, Justin, again, I get it. Justin could be no worse. Could be no worse than, yeah, he, he could do no worse. But again, the Bears have tried to do the best they can. They've added, like I said, DJ Moore. They've added, you know, a deep threat, Tyler Scott. Tyler Scott. They've actually, they went out and got a couple of offensive linemen. So they're trying to do the best they can to make Justin yeah, Justin Fields' job a little bit easier. But again, it is good news to see that here that Fields and DJ appear to be doing fairly well thus far. And it's going to be valuable for Justin Fields moving forward. Now, I'm not going to sit back and say that the Bears are going to win the NFC North. No, they're probably going to be still ranked dead last. Because again, you've got Detroit, who seems to be on the upswing, Minnesota, Depends on their defense. And again, Minnesota has kind of been a head-scratching team. And then with Green Bay, well, what is Jordan, can Jordan Love be the real deal? So again, I don't think the Bears, the, the Bears, to me, are probably end up finishing probably dead last in this division again. But it feels, it feels, can throw the football, if he can throw the football, show the world that he can throw the football, Instead of running with it, 
then again, the Bears have a quarterback for many, many years to come. They just got to continue to build around the young man. Again, they got to make the offensive line better, which they're trying to do. They need to do that. You know, again, again, getting DJ Moore there, a healthy Mooney, Claypool for full 17 games. Again, this is an upgrade. This they could do certainly, certainly you know certainly no worse, but for um, but for uh, for Fields and more, it's a good sign that that, that the game's going to be valuable for Justin Fields and his development moving forward. Now this one article again, we'll jump back and talk to Cincinnati Bengals. But we're not going to talk about a current Cincinnati Bengal. We're going to talk about a former. Cincinnati Bengal, Corey Dillon. Now, for, for those Cincinnati Bengal fans that might listen to the podcast, Corey Dillon was, had, I think, the most rushing yards in the history of the Cincinnati Bengals, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, Corey had some pretty solid years with them. And, of course, Corey Dillon, second-round draft pick out of the University of Washington. Now, towards the end of his, I think, his college career, he got in some trouble and he fell down a lot of draft boards, and the Bengals took a chance on him, and the chance paid off, paid off very well. Now, towards the end, Corey Dillon got tired of um, losing. Carlson Palmer got tired of the same situation because the Bengals had some horrible, horrible teams. Corey got tired of losing. He wanted out. The Bengals gave him a way out, and the Patriots took him upon, up on that offer, and again, he helped the Patriots actually win a Super Bowl. Then again, if I had Tom Brady and that staff and yeah, that team, you know, I could have maybe won the Super Bowl myself. But, but again, an article came out, I want to say a couple of days ago, to the point where I think the, I think Corey said that, uh, Corey Dillon said that, uh, let me see if I can word this right. He said to his understanding that it's not Mike Brown or Kelly Blackburn it is the people that, uh, I, I guess it's the fans, people that own the skybox, where the heck, or rip the skyboxes out or something like that, are the ones they, they vote on who's going to the Cincinnati Bengals Hall of Fame. And Corey Dillon had a pretty interesting, he said that was the case. He said he would never get into the Hall, Hall of Fame. He said because a lot of people currently who buy tickets or maybe does a skybox or whatever the skyboxes don't remember who he is. And now I know that Kit Anderson, yeah, I know Kit Anderson's in the Hall. There's not many guys, I think, in the Hall of Fame. I know Kit Anderson was maybe the best quarterback in the in the team's history. Now, you can make a boomer science and argument if you want to, or Carlson Palmer. Of course Burroughs career has not finished yet. But again, I know Ken Riley who was a Top cornerback in this league, a guy who didn't get a lot of lot of lot of recognition because playing on some pretty bad Bengal teams. Of course, Anthony Munoz, the only Cincinnati Bengal, he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, and Isaac Curtis, who again was a pretty decent receiver for many years in the NFL. Again, playing on playing on some bad teams. There's a couple of guys now. If you're yeah, now, granted, if you're not a Cincinnati Bengal fan, which I am. I do know all four of those guys. But I think what Corey Dillon was getting at is, he said, why are the fans making these decisions? Shouldn't that be like a Mike Brown or Kelly Blackburn thing? Because Mike Brown and Kelly Blackburn 
knows your core to the nibs. So again, I'll give I'll give Corey this much credit. He is right in this regard. Now, I had to laugh. He says, well, he says John Kitna and there's maybe Scott Mitchell's of the world would get into the Hall of Fame before the uh the Hall of Fame for he would. Now, I gotta disagree with Corey on that. Because to be yeah, that's that's kind of stretching that one a little a little a little bit too much. Now it's kind of hard to have to go back. I mean, what about I mean you gotta look at the Hall of Fame. What about if what about Pat McAnally? He was a punter for many, many years on these on the on the teams. Shouldn't he yeah, shouldn't he get like a Hall of Fame nod, you know, for them? And what about Chris Collinsworth? I mean, would Chris Collinsworth get a shot at shot at it? Um, what about with Max Montoya, 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 excuse me, he was a guard, a Pro Bowl guard for many, many years for the, uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals. Does he get, does he, does he get it? Um, you can go on, there's, there's a lot of lists. What was it? Reggie Williams, a linebacker for the Cincinnati Bengals for many, many years. Pretty good linebacker, but again, played on some pretty bad Cincinnati Bengals teams. Now, if you're a Cincinnati Bengals fan, then you know these names I'm speaking of, speaking of. So, for Corey Dillon, I can speak for myself right here. I'm a Cincinnati Bengal fan. I know a lot of Cincinnati Bengal, you know, Bengal. What was it? What about Bob Trumpy? You remember Bob Trumpy, tight end for the Cincinnati Bengals, went on to become a broadcaster. Should he be? Yeah. Is he given? Is he given? You know, leeway in, into the Cincinnati Bengals Hall of Fame. I can I can rattle off some names that might have a possibility of being of being in that and yeah. In that hall, in that hall of fame, but again, again, maybe one of these days, maybe a Joe Burrow, maybe a Jamar Chase, maybe a T. Higgins will get into the uh, Cincinnati Bengals Hall of Fame. There's a few guys that can probably get to get, to get in there. Will, will you ever see Chad Johnson in the Cincinnati Bengals Hall of Fame? What about T.J. Shusmazada? I mean, I, I'm just saying. There's more names I can throw out there. But for, but for what Corey Dillon says, I kind of get his point of view on this. Some of these people that have tickets right now don't know who Corey Dillon was, and he's probably right. Some people are on these luxury skyboxes probably don't know who Corey Dillon is. So I get Corey Dillon's point of view, and he's probably right to a, to a degree. But then again, I think the ultimate decision belongs to Mike Brown and Kelly, Black, and Kelly Blackburn. Mike Brown more than anything else because Mike Brown owns the team. It's his call. And to me, Corey Dillon is the best running back in the history of the Cincinnati Bengals. So, yes, Corey probably should be in there. Now, the way Corey left, probably not in the greatest terms in the world, and he still bad announced the organization. Now, Corey, maybe Corey has been hot down in the rock for at least the last couple of years. You've had a Super Bowl and AFC championship appearance. I mean, Corey should be happy about that, but I'm sure Corey got figured, well, why couldn't he? Why could we not have done that back in the day? And there were opportunities that the Bengals actually had. Might, might not have been much, but they had some opportunities back in the day to, to do that. And again, it didn't happen. So before Corey Dillon, I get it. People that hold people that hold the tickets right now, season tickets, might not be might not be since they might might not be since they have Bengals fans for for years. And he's right. But to me, that should be a Mike Brown decision overall. Mike Brown owns the team. It's Mike Brown's decision who should make the Hall of Fame. 
And for Corey Dillon, if Mike Brown holds a grudge, Dillon might not see <laughs> might not see the Hall of Fame at all. If he keeps bad now from him the way he does, he'll never see the Hall of Fame. That's all the time for this episode, ladies and gentlemen. Take care of yourselves, and I'll see you again soon.